Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Tag. Today's theme is how to be an awesome quilter. First up, we discuss what qualities the quilters we admire possess. And speaking of quilters we admire, our guest is the awesomely amazing Kim Nitzwicki of gogokim.com. We are going to ask her how she got to be so awesome, and hopefully we'll all pick up some pointers during the conversation. In our Fine Finishes segment, we are getting really personal about our own perceived failings as quilters, so stay tuned. Hello, ladies. Hi there. How are you today? I am good. I thought that today we would talk about some of the qualities that we admire in quilters. Uh, You know, the quilters that we really think are up there on a pedestal. And there are so many. Oh Oh my goodness. I was thinking that. No, I was. I was totally just thinking that. I honestly think Kim is up on that pedestal for me because she does such an awesome job in social media. Yeah, that definitely is a huge part of some of the quilters to admire is the fact that they are able to take it to that next level and being able to be so open and share everything. I think that's pretty amazing. That's such a great quality to have because that's hard. It's almost like having a second job on top of your, you know, hobby or other job that you've got, you know, being able to maintain all of that. Right. She's also a great photographer and I'm not so great at photography. Keep practicing. You'll get better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are things about photography that that if you just think about it a little bit. It all falls it, into place. It works better. Like mm-hmm. actual lighting. Well, <laughs> yeah. and, and don't forget to uh, put the trash can out of sight. Oh, yes. And, oh, yeah. and brush that all dress. the lint off your Very cutting true. mat. and. You know, Very true. Things like that. I, I think because cameras, uh, especially on our phones, are so sensitive these days that, you mm-hmm. know, things like lint yeah. didn't show up before on photos. And it now they now. do. Yeah. And like the the lint around your needle. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. All right. So I think the biggest quality in quilters that I admire is how often they complete quilts. I, I call it prolific. They're prolific um, because I just feel like they finish a quilt so fast and I'm not very fast. And you have a life besides quilting. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I know. Yeah, no. And, and it does seem, you know, that aspiring to that, you know, it's one thing. I think a lot of quilters go in with the mindset of like, okay, I've got to finish this, you know, and I can't do anything else. But then life does come in and it does, you know, kind of sweep you off your feet a little bit and you do get distracted. Um, But being able to come back and then eventually finish, you know, there's some joy in that, too. You know, it's like, you know, sometimes you do have to take a break because of life. But, you know, at the end of the day, you hopefully do still get it done. But, yeah, it is. I think that's definitely a great quality when people are, you know, so quick about it. and They do get it up there. And that's hard. Agreed. Well. But then on the other hand, the thing that I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, 
one of the people that I really admire is Joe Morey. And she does oh this gosh. wonderful, wonderful applique. Mm-hmm. And I I would have to change the, the way I approach quilting in order to do the beautiful applique that Joe does because I want it to be fast. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe sits down and, you know, spends three days making the flowers beautiful. Yes. And then she still has the leaves and the vines and the little bunny rabbits. Right. So 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 sometimes that prolific is is not all there is to mm-hmm. the whole game, you know? Right. Right. So I've got a project with Joe in um the next issue of a quilt maker that is a it's a like a table topper wall hanging small project and it's got a rabbit on it and some easter eggs it's definitely an easter right. project and she did it all in wool and the wonderful thing about working with joe is that she is very accommodating she knows how we work so oftentimes she's willing to change up her design a little bit to make it a little easier so it will go into a magazine, into our format. Um, and so for this one in particular, she simplified the design slightly so that, you know, all the eggs are the same, the flowers are the same shape, so that there weren't a bajillion applique pieces. But when it got to the stitching, she asked if I wanted her to simplify, I mean, if I wanted her to simplify the design to make it easy. And I honestly sat there for a minute and I couldn't do it. And I knew that I was going to have to write the instructions right. for all of those stitches that she was going to use because we write the patterns in house. And if I didn't write it, someone was going to have to write it and they were probably going to be cursing me out. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I just thought, what fun is that to, you know, stifle her creativity? And so I honestly just told her, do whatever you're going to do. If we have to, you know, simplify the pattern, that's one thing. But I don't want to, you know, simplify your creativity. And there are so many different stitches on yes. it. It is stunning. Stunning, And there were stitches on there that I had never, ever seen or heard of. And they're beautiful. And she used all these different embellishments, little tiny buttons and um, ri- fancy rickrack and all kinds of things in that pattern. And every single time that we get one of her patterns in, I just am stunned at how beautiful her work is. Yes. So I get you. I get that. She is one to admire for sure. Yep. Well, it's funny. I would say definitely something that I find admirable in a lot of the great quilters that I've worked with, especially in doing a lot of the courses that I've done, is their ability to let quilting just be all consuming. Because I sometimes like I I don't let it, you know, I I, I do let other things in life get in the way and, and I don't let it just be be in the moment with it and enjoy it and let it just really consume you. And a good example, it's so funny, I had worked with um, Donna Mae Norris. She's an instructor. She did the uh, Essential Math for Quilting course. And she's a long-arm quilter here in my hometown. And I had gone to her house to pick her up for the course. And I walked into her house 
and her whole entire living room was completely overtaken by quilting stuff. Like she had three long arms. All three of them were just right there in the middle of her living room. And she just had quilts all over the wall. She had all of her supplies and it was all very neat and organized, but it was just everywhere. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, I could see this being my future, you know? And, and <laughs> I was so amazed. And everybody who I've worked with, you know, they all just really the reason why they succeed is because it really does become this almost obsessive compassion, you know, passion for what it is that they love and it just shows in every ounce of their life and so for me it's like to be able to just be so engulfed by that just utterly amazes me <laughs> i love that all right ladies you ready to go talk to kim i'm excited yes. about it yes <laughs> me too oh, let's do it all right <laughs> All right, we have the amazingly awesome Kim Nitzwicky joining us today. Welcome, Kim. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm oh, honored. We're so excited to have you. Um, Lori and Ginger, uh, I've been talking about Kim for a while. I know, Lori, you, you know exactly who she is and have <laughs> met her before. I have met her. I met her. Kim, I met you at market. I have no idea what year it was, but you were wearing this most wonderful dress the skirt had as I recall red and white and maybe gray uh log cabin or courthouse step blocks mm -hmm. in the skirt I remember that skirt. awesome awesome dress I had to come up and introduce myself because I loved your dress so much. You're so sweet I remember that yeah that was a log cabin dress and it was completely scrappy it was, yes, it was, and she I had think, her quilt market shoes on, and I had my red patent leather pumps on. Yes. <laughs> okay, I don't remember the shoes. I was so in awe of the dress. I do because I was always so in awe of the fact that she was at quilt market wearing heels wearing all heels. weekend. Yes. <laughs> one day only. The red pumps come out for one day, yes. and the next day, nope, flats all the way. <laughs> oh, that's very brave, though. <laughs> yes, indeed. But she always does amazing things with garments and quilting Thank you. and combining the two. Yes. Yeah, and I've never had a chance to actually meet her, but I feel like I do know her because I've been cyber stalking her for the last, you know, week or so. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm all out there all the time, pretty much. Um, go go Kim everywhere if you just Google it. You can find me. It's pretty easy. <laughs> well, yes. And we'll put a uh, link to your all your pages in our show notes section. Um, but, you know, I wanted to have you on the show because we're talking about how to be an awesome quilter today. And you are probably up on the top of my list for social wow. media. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, well, it, it's true and well-deserved. Uh, the thing that really uh, strikes me, um, you actually gave me advice once, and I wanted to share that on the show. We, I was going through a really difficult time, and I honestly thought I was going to leave the quilting industry. I was kind of just done with everything, and... I was out of work and I thought, I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life. And I called Kim and I'm not even sure why I called Kim. I know I had a reason, <laughs> but I reached out to you 
And you said, Tracy, go make something. Just go do. And you just said, I think once you start walking in that direction, it will all become clear. Do you remember that? I do remember that. <laughs> I was very bossy about it, too. You were very, very <laughs> bossy about it. And, <laughs> and But it helped because I think I was so... It's sometimes when you when you get hung up in your head or you're depressed or you have some life event that's happening, the last thing you think of or think you need is creativity. And yet it's the thing that honestly can save you. It's exactly what most people need. I know I need it. I mean, personally, it works for me um, when, you know, especially with death in the family or you know, like you said, being depressed or being out of sorts or not having a focus, being able to focus on one thing is so helpful. And it's so far out of overthinking anything. Well, sometimes we can overthink our projects, but That's true. for the most part, especially for me, creating sewing for charity events helps me even more because then I'm really outside of myself and being able to say, you know, I have all of this stuff in my sewing room. Um, where can it be used for good? And then I feel better and I've used some things that needed to be used anyway. And I'm able to have an accomplishment. So little dresses for Africa or um, uh, Project Linus, something like that mm -hmm. makes it so much better for me personally to be able to just, you know, it's not about me. I need to get out of my own head. I need to stop doing, you know, that overthinking behavior and focus on something that can be more helpful and more useful all around. So that's so helpful because I think I think a lot of us fall into that trap. But you know, when we're as a as just a follower, let's say just as one of your followers, I can't believe that you're ever sad or or don't sew or <laughs> you know, <laughs> like your feed always is so cheerful and bright and such a happy place. Well, in my stories, I do share sometimes on social media what's going on with me because some of the things are dark. I mean, you know, I'm a human being. Mm -hmm. We all have stuff happen, all of us. I usually will share it in my stories, um, but I do. I try to face every day being the best me possible. And that's not just fluff. That's I'm, I'm really trying. It is an effort. It's an effort for everyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, life is overwhelming. But when you go at it with the idea of um, creating a space that's safe for people, that people feel welcome, that people feel loved, that people know you're going through stuff too, um, it becomes real and it becomes special. And that's where, you know, um, Facebook is one thing for me, Instagram is another. And, and I really love the community that is there because they are very supportive. They're incredibly supportive, especially when they know your, your true backstory, when they understand that you're struggling too. 
whether it's medical conditions or mm -hmm. family situations or, you know, money or whatever, you know, everyone has something. And that's something we have in common. Mm -hmm. Well, and one thing I love that you do so well on social is just visually, you make it so entertaining to just sit and <laughs> stuff that you're doing. And that, that helps elevate any bad feelings you might have or anything like that. So Kim, I've just thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you through your site, you know, especially your Instagram. I really enjoy it a lot. Oh, thank you. I try to bring humor into everything. I figure if I don't, you know, I, I laugh at myself all the time. My kids will say, you're not funny. And I'm like, well, I'm laughing at me. So. <laughs> you know, I try to lighten up the day somehow, some way. And um, it, it keeps me going. And I hope it does, you know, that for other people, too. It does. It definitely thank, does. Thank you, Tracy. I'm sitting here thinking that that this is so much about life choices. Mm -hmm. That's true. Very, very true. Because I think, I think while we, you can get really hung up, especially on social media, because everybody's life looks perfect, well, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, that you can get hung up comparing yourself to other people yeah and and really once you realize that that it's your choice to be happy it's your choice to do something healthy for yourself whether that's go to your sewing room or go outside and get some fresh air or you know do something like that uh it's it's all about choices isn't it yeah it's all about going to your sewing machine yeah and instead mm -hmm. of focusing on me, focusing on how can I do something cool for somebody else, right? Yes, and, and I love I love that aspect of it too because I feel like it's okay be, to be proud of the fact that you're doing something for somebody else because I feel like there is a that makes you feel good and there's nothing wrong with feeling good about doing good at all. <laughs> no, definitely not. And again, it gets you outside of yourself too. It it really creates. Um, a great sense of belonging to a community outside of just you. Um, because I know uh, for me, especially, gosh, in December, I had pneumonia. I was desperate. It was awful. I couldn't sew. Um, I did some handwork. But, you know, planning and doing for other people during that bedtime, you know, um, was saving me. It was really, and so many people were so supportive, um, and I honestly could not have done it without, you know, my family support here with doing dishes and making meals and the online support that I received, which was incredible. So do you have any advice for people who maybe they are, you know, trying to build a an Instagram or a Facebook page for their quilting. How do you build? How do you build that community? How do you get involved with other people online so that you have that same kind of support support system? Well, the first thing I would recommend is really looking at what your goal is. If your goal is to start a shop. If your goal is to be an influencer, if your goal is to uh, sell quilt patterns or become a fabric designer, I mean, all of those are very different things. If you're doing it just for fun, um, you don't really need strategies. Um, 
you're you're already part of a big community. My suggestions are to follow people that you really respect and admire, and they don't have to be people with 50,000 followers. Um, look for hashtags that are quilt related or you know garment sewing related or um, bag making related. Find your area that you really love and follow the people that you like, not just the popular people. And look at what they're doing, get a feel of what makes them special. And then add your own to what you love. Have it become a part of who you are um, online because that is what attracts people to most people. Uh, to know that there are human beings rather than just a product that is continually thrown out there. Uh, there is nothing more boring than seeing a product being continually put That's out right. there. And um, for me, I look for people I can connect to. And that's what social is all about. Social is about people coming together and building communities. And it doesn't matter what social media platform you're on, it's the same everywhere. Um, look for ways that you can improve what you're doing. YouTube is a great source for that. You don't have to have the best um, equipment you don't have to have the latest and greatest, most expensive camera or lighting. Natural lighting is the best. The best backdrop or uh, reflector to use is white poster board or white foam board. You know, keep it simple. Go to the south or the western facing places in your house. My photo studios are my kitchen and my family room because the light there is on a south facing wall. Uh, you can do a lot with natural light. And then look into some of the photo editing um, apps that are free. Uh, Snapseed is really good. Um, a color story is fantastic. Find ways that you can use things for free to help you along. Also, take videos. It's okay. Use your iPhone. I have an iPhone 6, and that's how I, I take all my videos. And they turn out pretty decent for the most part. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do. <laughs> for if you need graphics, use Canva. Uh, they did start pushing more of a, a pay-for-play model, but you can still do a lot, and I do mean a lot, for absolutely free. And there are all sorts of videos to help out on that as well. But really and truly, the number one most important thing is as you're building, contribute something to to the community um, overall and respond to people who are responding to you. It's a relationship. All social media is first and foremost social. It's a relationship. If you are not having a conversation, then you're just out there talking about yourself. And that's pretty dull. Gotcha. So do you respond <laughs> to like every comment that's on I, your posts? I try to, wow. yes. And are you saying you respond with words or just a, a like or love or wow? I, I try to respond to every comment. And this is not just for me. This is, you know, brands that I've worked for because I've worked for many brands in the industry. Um, 
I try to comment on every single one. Wow. It's important. Mm -hmm. People need to know that they're being heard. If you're out there saying, I'm here for you, if you're out there saying, you know, let's grow together, let's do this, then posting something and then walking away from it is rude. That's like walking up to someone and saying, I'm really happy to meet you. You know, let's have a conversation or let's get mm -hmm. together. And then they just, they ghost you. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Point taken. Yeah, this is good <laughs> advice. So what do you say to people who maybe they're trying to build an audience or maybe they're just trying to get themselves out there a little more, but maybe they are work a full-time job and they don't have time to sew every day. How can they interact with their audience? You know, do they have to interact with their audience every day? You know, honestly, one post a day is wonderful. Um, stories are fantastic. Stories are uh, my favorite way to communicate with people because it's kind of behind the scenes. It's never pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it is It is not pretty back there. <laughs> and that's okay because it's real life. You know, stories are real life. And, um, and that's where I feel like you can really get that one-on-one. -on -one. I even respond to people who comment on my stories. I mean, you know, if, if you don't have time to make it a full-time job, uh, do the best you can and let people know that. I mean, it's mm -hmm. a relationship. If you're working full-time and you can't say, hey, I'm just popping in real quick and you know, I'm trying to get to comment and thank you so much everyone for commenting and you know, put it out there that you're a real person and you have kids and you have a dog and you, know, you have a full-time job or even a part-time job. Um, Everyone has a life. It's, it's how you engage with people on many levels that will increase your, your, your connection to the community on the whole. Oh my goodness, I'm getting so much good stuff here. I love it. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was also just thinking about the fact that, you know, you've got kids and you've been very public about, you know, what your kids are doing because it's a big part of your life as a mom. Um, and I feel like sometimes that has been, it, it, I can sometimes compare myself to people who are busy quilters who don't have kids. And, I, I feel like sometimes it can be something that's like a barrier for moms. You know, we just don't have as much time as, as other people. What do you, what do you say about that, Kim? Um, number one, my kids are the most exciting part of my life. If I didn't have my kids, I would be so dull. <laughs> they keep, they keep it exciting for me. Um, not for as much time. Um, you know, time is filled with many different things. And I don't know, because I know people who don't have kids at home and they're still having a difficult time finding time to quilt because, you know, time just will, things going. happen and life mm -hmm. happens and it sucks out all of your time. I mean, even little things. And so it's mandatory for each of us to prioritize that creative time. If it's not the way you make your living, which is totally fine, 
um, you need to you need to really schedule it into your day. And I know other quilters have talked about 15 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day or even 10 minutes a day. Doing something creative, and that can be, it doesn't have to be actual sewing time. It can be the time that is spent to tidy up your sewing room. It can be the time that is spent ironing, which I, you know, pressing fabric may be my least favorite thing in the world. You know, it may be cutting pieces out. You know, there is no such thing as a one-hour project, truly, because you have to do the planning, you have to do the ironing, you have to do the cutting, you have to... But it all makes up, you know, the the do it for the process. You know, don't beat yourself up because you don't have a finished project in an hour. Pat yourself on the back because you cleaned that section of your sewing room that's been driving you crazy. Pat yourself on the back and share that, hey, I got all of this cut today. These are all ways that we can connect to one another and even commiserate, say, I hate pressing, but here I am. (laughs) Um, But Mm -hmm. it's those little things that build relationships. And so... You know, for each of us, we have to find that time in our days to make the creative time happen because it's important. And then as far as social media goes, you can share that on your social media. Try to take as good a picture as possible. And if it's not, you know, not ready for prime time on your main feed, talk about it in a story. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah, I think that's interesting because I know when we first met, I was just diagnosed with Sjogren syndrome, which is an autoimmune disorder, and I was in really bad shape for a while. And there were days where I just, my fingers were swollen. I couldn't think about quilting, but I, I couldn't think about the physical act of quilting, but I wanted to be creative because I was miserable. And I remember just taking joy in in fondling a stack of fabric you know and just sort of dreaming (laughs) about what I would do with it and Mm -hmm. and you know that's that's creative too it is it's absolutely creative and that's something that you and I share we both have Sjogren's Mm -hmm. um and I have other autoimmune issues and so we share that and I'm I'm public about that as well but it is for those days in particular it's really hard and it's so easy to beat yourself up and say if only you know I just have to push myself a little bit more and you don't have to you know give yourself permission to step back from that and go there are other ways you know you can you can start writing ideas for sewing and that's creative Mm -hmm. time you can say okay here's the list of things i'm gonna do and don't put a a timeline on it don't put a deadline on it just say look this is how i want to spend my creative time and that's creative too you know so much of the focus has been taken off of the process even though people say do it for the process so much emphasis is on finished product only right that we're missing out on all of this other stuff mm-hmm. that people need to see, that people need to know about, and and to really emphasize how important it is for our community to be creative. So true, and not beat themselves up. Mm-hmm. So true for what they're not doing. Because I don't have a finished quilt today. Yeah, right? it's okay, right? It's okay. I remember there were times that I just made a board on Pinterest and started saving projects that I knew I wanted to do someday. 
that were like inspiration. Yes. And that was enough too, just to look at pretty pictures of quilts that, you know, I thought, oh, someday I'm going to make this quilt. It, it filled that creative void and it made me feel better when I felt bad. But in our industry, we have this illusion <laughs> of, oh, look, I finished a quilt today and I finished a quilt today and I finished a quilt uh-huh, today. Right? And, it's, and it's overwhelming for, number one, people who are beginning. Mm-hmm. They have this idea that they're supposed to start and finish an entire quilt in a day, hand bound, hand quilted. You know, that's unrealistic. (laughs) (laughs) That is so unrealistic. And to break it down into smaller pieces and make it real, it's like, okay, it took me two weeks to pick this fabric. That's right. (laughs) Sometimes longer. (laughs) Sometimes longer. That's very real for me. I have piles of things, I think, you know. Um, But the time it takes cutting and putting it together and everything else. And, you know, that a lot of these people have teams. Mm -hmm. They have local help. They send their quilts out to quilters. Nothing wrong with any of that. But a lot of people who are just starting out or aren't in the industry don't know that that's the reality and they beat themselves up because of it and it's heartbreaking it's like you know you don't want to discourage anybody and in reality you want to embrace all of these new people coming in you want to embrace all of these people who are trying because that is amazing I love to see people trying and it doesn't matter what they're doing as long as they're doing it They're brilliant, and they need to know that. I love that. I love that, too. Oh, me, too. Oh, my goodness. I I feel so incredibly inspired right now. This is so cool. I I think I want to go home not even just on a creative front, but just, like, for life in general. (laughs) Lori and I want to go home now so we can sew. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Let's revolt, you know? (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, this is how I live my daily life. This is how I go into every day. It's like I go into every day hoping that I can reach one person that feels as though they don't belong somehow. You know, my short little videos that I make, some of them, you know, people are like, oh, my gosh, that 30 seconds of how to fold, you know, pre-fold your papers for paper piecing, that changed my life. I'm a visual learner, so I, I, you know, show how I do things in a certain way that may not make sense to some people, but to others, you know, they're like, that was life-changing. And I'm like, yay, I helped someone. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and it's, it's worth it every single time to me because I do want people to be encouraged. I don't read patterns. I don't, you know, I have to see everything I do, um, which if you're a visual learner in the quilting industry, you're kind of at a di- disadvantage sometimes. Sometimes, yes. Um, yes. And so when I'm out there and I'm doing it, I'm doing it with the idea of, I'm hoping this helps someone. I don't care how stupid I look. I want someone to be able to see this and go, okay, I can try this now. I can do this now and feel confident in knowing that they can. And secondarily, I always say, if you have questions, email me. Mm -hmm. I'm available all the time. That's wonderful. Oh, man, you may have asked for too much. (laughs) (laughs) Right? No. I might might be bugging you. Please do. But I encourage that. I encourage people to reach out because once again, 
I am part of this community. I want to be there. I want other people to feel as though they are there and they're being heard and being seen and they matter. And that's how, I don't know how much time we have, I'm sorry, uh, Missing Market, that's how that all started. Mm -hmm. Because so many people who will never be, if you've never participated in Missing Market on Instagram, you're missing out. It's fabulous. It is um, fabulous. It's fabulous. It's, you know, 12 guest hosts and hostesses. Um, I have a co-host. This, uh, last time it was Natalie Santini. Um, so Hungry Hippie. And Yes. And um, last October, it was Mr. Domestic. Matthew Boudreau, mm -hmm. and but and it was um, it was started in a in literally forty eight hours from inception to going live, uh, but it's uh, industry people who are there to support people who are either industry people who are not going to market or people who will probably never be going to market and then the people in between but we're there a hundred percent the entire weekend of market we are there for the community alone uh, we have photo challenges and giveaways you know multiple times during the mm -hmm. day we have fabulous sponsors oh, yeah great who prizes always give like i mean every year i'm just going why can't i win all this <laughs> i want all of this uh end of day giveaways but it um it was based solely on what is this community missing during market mm -hmm. and it's all of the people who feel left out right. um and for the for the industry itself the brands i mean it the people who are there are talking about what they're using and what they need and you know they're inviting us into their lives and so it's it's amazing it is an amazing event and every single time my husband looks at me and he's like are you doing this again cuz it it's a good yeah. you know it's a good week uh, 6 weeks prep Yes, alone, I believe that. full time to get it ready to go. Um, and then it's usually, you know, the follow ups are sometimes a month after. It's it's a it's a commitment of time um, that is crazy, but it's all worth it because people feel included. They feel right. connected. And I think that's what's that's the what key. That is just the yeah. key right there. And I think that kind of sums you up in a nutshell is that you're so inclusive. So I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I was so excited when you said yes, that you would join us, um, just because I knew that you would inspire so many of our listeners. And I us. Hope so. And us too. I, I, <laughs> I've got like three pages of notes here, so. All right, so Ginger's going to hit you up after. She'll be filling up your email. <laughs> that works for me. Thank you, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this time with you. It was awesome. Agreed. So today in our Fine Finishes segment, I'd like to talk about kind of the opposite of our people that we admire, quilting tendencies that we admire. And I'd like to talk about it's okay to be who you are and and not change all everything mm -hmm. so you can be that 
perfect quilter that we talked about in the first part. So, so then for me, you know, I sit here and I think, Joe Morey, all that beautiful handwork, and I always say hand is a four-letter word. <laughs> um, I don't like handwork because I don't see well enough for it to be fun. So maybe it's okay for me not to do that beautiful applique like Joe does and just keep going with the, I can make a lot of quilts pretty fast. Well, Lori, you're forgetting that applique can be done by machine. Oh, I do applique by machine. Yeah, and but it doesn't be- have that gorgeous look that Joe has. Well, but maybe there are decorative stitches you can use on your machine and pretty threads that'll do that. Yes, right? that's true. Yep. Creative problem solving. I think I need to go home now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're all a little bit inspired to go yes, home. Yes, exactly. And I think you all know what my hang-up is, because my hang-up is that I don't always have a lot of time to sew. And even when I do have some time, sometimes because of my autoimmune issues, I'm tired. And I just, or I don't have the brain space to actually, you know, think through or the hand strength to, you know, cut out my fabrics or work. So I I sometimes, I, I think about that, that quote that I think was, Theodore Roosevelt, that comparison is the thief of joy. And I try to remember that whenever I start to get down on myself. I think there's a perception that because we work for some quilting magazines that we somehow sit around all day and sew. And make and, quilts. And make quilts. Right. And a couple yeah. a week. Right? And that's the opposite of exactly. what actually happens. We're certainly surrounded by beautiful quilts. Yes. Um, and thinking about quilts all day, but we honestly are writing and working in InDesign and having meetings and doing all that. And Lori and I, our offices are right next to each other. And I don't know how many times a day we turn to each other and like, can I go home now? <laughs> I want to sew. I want to go sew. And I know. It, that doesn't happen. Our own form of torture, right? Really. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I think that uh, we there have been times where my husband's like you really I, I need to take your quilter card away because you haven't made anything in a while Aww. and I try to I've tried to definitely set myself up now so that I'm back in the game and like I can just go and sew when I need to but um, but it still makes me feel bad sometimes if I don't and uh, you, don't feel bad. Just enjoy the time when you do get to quilt and bask in it. Because over the last week or so, you've been able to get in there. And yes. oh, my gosh, <laughs> you're so happy. You're <laughs> such a happy person. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's so I can see physically and mentally on you, like what happens when you actually do take the time and you do go in there. So remember that when you're like, you know, tired and doing this. Just remember, like, hey, even if I only do it for 10 minutes, I'll feel so much better. So, so true. keep that in mind. I will. <laughs> and I will. Remember what you said earlier about sometimes it's it, it it satisfies that creative need just pet fabric, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yep. or just dream about the project, yeah. right? Yep, so true. So how well, about well, you, Ginger? Where are you? Where are you thinking that? Have you got a place that you need to give yourself some breathing room? 
Oh, definitely. Like, especially because I'm, I'm constantly, I'm working around you people all the time who are just amazing quilters. I get to talk with them 24 seven. And, uh, you know, for me, it's confidence, like just having the confidence, like I am good and I can do this and yeah, no, and not letting anything stop me. Cause I definitely, I can hear, it's so funny. I feel like I have so many great voices in my head telling me what I should do right. But I'm that one that's telling me like, no, it's wrong, you know, do it this way or that way. It's just having that self-confidence in myself to be like, who cares what anybody else thinks? If you like it, just do it. And if you mess it up, that's how you learn. (laughs) And it's okay for things not to be exactly right and go ahead and finish it anyway. Yep, exactly. I I know how Ginger feels because I remember when I started in this industry and started meeting people and I all of a sudden was surrounded by award-winning quilters as my friends it is really like you're like oh gosh look at my stuff and look at theirs yeah yeah but I I think that we need to remember what Kim said which is a lot of these professional quilters they have teams of people to help right they Mm -hmm. you know will send out their their quilt for you know to some great long armor and that's not the reality for a lot of quilters, you know, especially if you're quilting on a budget. Right. Um, that's just not what some people do. And and the more you do it, the better you get. Yes. Right? Yeah. And also, my style isn't the same as your style, isn't the same as Lori's style. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we can't really compare ourselves ever to any that's other right. quilters. That's right. Because no one's doing well, exactly the same thing. I'm just so incredibly stoked, you guys. Let me do this podcast every week. Like, that just blows my mind. Because, I mean, being able to take an hour and, like, talk with you ladies about something that I'm really, truly falling in love with. Is, this is just so much fun. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yay. And you got to stop doing that, Ginger. You deserve and, to be here uh, just like we do. Absolutely. You know? Nice. All right. Well, good. I'm definitely coming in with, with pure confidence, you know, from here on out. All right. Excellent. <laughs> and if you don't, we're just going to give you a pep talk again. Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, thanks, ladies. It's always so fun. Do we all feel like we're uh, awesome quilters now? I do. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> Excellent. And I hope all of our listeners feel like awesome quilters, too. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.